Hi, this is Steve Pallack. Let's turn over this record and play the B-side. I've got a feeling we've got a hidden gem on our hands. It's Season 5 of the Bait and Switch Podcast. Well, Chris, we're back here again on our show. You and me and a guest. This is this is taunting me for the last intro that we just did. <laughs> Perhaps. I started with the cold open. That was my thing. Yeah. You pointed it out. This is spite is what this is. Yeah, this is spite. I wrecked yours. You're going to wreck mine. That's fine. We're here. We're, we're back with the, uh, the Bait and Switch podcast. You got me flustered even. Uh, we're here today again after last week's cliffhanger. We're here with idea coach Pat Miller today. And uh, welcome back, Pat. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> My pleasure, Jim. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we talked first half about the current business, what you do, how you work with people, gave a pretty decent example uh, with myself, I think, and, and and Chris, too. We talked a little bit, used ourselves as as kind of guinea pigs, which is great. Um, so our this segment, we're going to sort of focus on like, how did you get here? So where'd you start off? How'd you get into business in general? You know, what led up to this idea, idea coaching? I thought I was going to be in radio forever. And that was my life. I was doing speech team in high school, went to Illinois State, everybody's favorite fallback school, sure. and started broadcasting there on day one and went to college, got a degree in mass communications and was a full-time pro radio guy my senior year. So I was in the business right away. And I thought my career was going to be just to be a host and an executive in the radio industry my whole life. And the way you get ahead in radio is you move around. So we were in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. We went to Des Moines, don't recommend it, went to Lincoln, Nebraska, and then went to Omaha, Nebraska, and then back to Milwaukee 13 years ago. So um, we moved all around the Midwest. And every time you move around, you take a little bit better of a job and usually you get a little bit more money, uh, which is in finger quotes because in radio money is like, there's no money, but you'd get like incrementally more money mm -hmm. when you move around. And yeah, then I got here in Milwaukee and ended up working at WTMJ and WKTI until uh, four years ago this May. So 2018, I left the radio industry. Wow. Okay. Now, now you've got, you've got a good voice, a good radio voice. You were an on-air guy, were you? Yep. Mornings, afternoons, middays. And my uh, real job, like being on the air was like the side job. The real job was a position called program director, which is the person in charge of the air talents, picking the music, creating the promotions, uh, fulfilling the promises the sales department made. It's basically in charge of all the content that came out of the speakers. So I did that job for tw almost 20 years of building and, and managing radio stations. Uh, we've had a little bit of a shakeup here in local radio with somebody that we kind of know. Gene Miller is out at uh, TMJ as their morning guy, and they brought in a guy that me and Jim know a little bit, Vincent Vitrano. Yep. Do you know uh, those two guys? Absolutely. I worked with uh, Gene for a decade, mm -hmm. and Vinny and I were co-hosts. Uh, when I came to Milwaukee, that is when the original WKTI was blown up. They, they turned 94.5 KTI off the air, and they decided to put on an adult hits radio station called The Lake. My job was to come in and be the only air talent 
and the only programmer of that station. So when I got here, when the lake went live, I was the morning host. When I was the morning host of the lake, Vinny was my news guy. So we oh. spent many, many, he'd come down twice a day, every day for a couple of years. And you know him off the air. Yep. Well, kind of. Nicest yeah. guy in America. I mm-hmm. love Vince Vetrano. What a guy. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you know what? We don't know him that well. Maybe we'll use you uh, as leverage to get him on our yeah. show. Yeah. He's because the best. You know who we do know? is his yeah. dad. His dad was our cross country and track coach. And and, ah. and and I used to hear when I was, when I was in there, he, I think Vinny was, you know, like eight or something, six when I was yeah. running cross country. And so I hear stories about Vinny all the time, but I've never actually met him. So yeah, it'd be yeah. cool to have him on. Uh, I met him when guy. he showed up at meets with his dad and whatnot, when he was all of, you know, six years old or eight oh, years okay. old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. when I met him. Is that a good move for Vincent uh, to go from TV to radio? Oof. I mean, I would imagine that there's part of um, him that just is looking for a new challenge. He had been on the morning show for so long on TMJ four and done well, right? They loved him in the building. I mean, he's beloved inside mm-hmm. that TV station, Yeah. but when someone like Gene Miller retires, you need someone to take that slot. You yep. can't just roll out, you know, anybody from Fargo, North Dakota. Like you need someone that knows the town because, I mean, people may believe that radio stations don't have the same impact as they used to, uh, but 620 matters. 620 is, uh, I mean, it's Wisconsin's radio station. That's why we called it that. Mm-hmm. It is impactful. And that, that particular chair, morning drive on the news station, really is meaningful. So they had to go get someone good. And I'm happy for Vinny because he's so funny and so creative and so clever and sometimes in TV, you don't get a chance to be that because you're reading scripts. Sure. So he gets to go in and he's going to read the news, but we're going to get to know him so much better. And he's so talented. We were trying to get him to do radio 10 years ago. I can't tell you how many times we begged him to do radio. He wouldn't leave. Finally, they got him. So I'm, I'm happy for them. So he's done with TV. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, you can't do From both. From what right? I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I think it would be hard to do both. I would think. Yeah. 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 What about yourself? Did you ever do TV? I did TV appearances. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would do promotional hits for contests and stuff that we were doing. I never did consistent TV uh, for obvious reasons. And as you listen to this podcast, I have no hair and uh, not the best looking guy in the world. So radio was my key. Radio was my ticket. I I was very happy being off the TV. Might that be... uh... (laughs) a draw for Vinny that he doesn't have to deal with makeup and and being ready for, for the camera. Uh, He won't wear a tie ever again. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you work in a radio industry, I mean, pants are optional half the time. I mean, come on, this is like, you would be, uh, it is the appeal. Same same with podcasting. Not that I, you know, (laughs) not that I would know, but you know, (laughs) um, so it is, are there longer hours, shorter hours with radio versus TV? I mean, is it, is it, uh, maybe it just varies depending on your position, I suppose, because sometimes I think about, um, you know, there were like, uh, anyway, so I, I can't, th- like, um, I can't think of his name. That doesn't matter. Um, but some of these guys on the radio where, you know, you'd hear, he's kind of a secondary guy. It wasn't like Bob and Brian. It was, uh, it was Eric, right? Young Eric, Eric Jensen. And he would do like his thing with them. And then later on, you'd hear him like DJing later, you know, he'd have to cover for somebody or something. And then later on at night, he'd be like, 
is this guy at the station like all stinking day, you know? And, and of course, Bob and Brian probably roll in there at four in the morning and get out at 1030 or whatever. And, and uh, because they're the, they're the, they're the talent, right? But, yeah. um, but for these other guys, I don't, I don't know. What's that like? From what I recall, and they may have changed it, and I don't know how Vinny's going to run his show, but I know Gene was in there every day at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. and writing his own newscasts, getting everything ready. That guy worked like an animal. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is as nice on the air as he is in real life. Like he is just Mr. Wisconsin. He is just a dude. Mm-hmm. And that means he would host his show, look out for his people, go out and do public appearances. I mean, when Gene Miller showed up, people were like, oh my gosh, there's Gene. Like you want to hug him. Oh yeah. So he was out all the time. Uh, Morning show hosts like Bob and Brian, they show up, they do their prep, they do their show, and then they're done. Mm -hmm. Eric, you said, oh, he's on the air all the time. Well, a lot of that's recorded. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is recorded. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the folks that are on the air in Milwaukee right now don't even live here, never step foot in the city. They're all recorded from Houston or Atlanta or New York or wherever they are, and they're syndicated across the country. And the number of jobs in the radio industry has plummeted. Uh, It's just been decimated as far as a talent perspective because you don't need a full-time person. You can have someone talking to a computer in Houston, and you know they sound good enough to be on the air in Milwaukee. Sure. Yeah. Every wow. now and then you hear it, right? When they pronounce the name of a suburb yeah. and yeah. it's, uh, yeah. yeah Wauwatosa Waukesha. is yeah, Waukesha. Waukesha or whatever. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and maybe that's what led to your job right now. Like you said, the hollow, uh, we taught, we had Jim single on our podcast, uh, who worked at the journal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this was in the time when he was getting winding down and talked about how, the newsroom had been hollowed out uh, quite a bit and same things happening in radio. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The uh, profit motive still exists. So these publicly traded companies need to continue to grow the take home of the industry. Ad revenues are not going up. A lot of advertisers are moving their money to digital because of the targeting that is available. Plus the reporting that's available. Uh, And an example of that is if I wanted to reach men, 1824, right? Traditionally, I'd have to buy ads, put them on the hog, hope that people heard them, hope that people remembered my name, hope that people remembered the phone number, hope that people showed up, da 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 da. Now I can go in and buy uh, an like army of different digital products and show my ads only to men 18 to 24. Once they click, I can follow them around. I can add them to my email list. I can sell them instantly. I mean, there are a lot of benefits to using digital advertising. There are still some benefits for using broadcast, but digital is being adopted more and more. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So from radio, the next step was what? I was working in the industry all the way until the end. I quit. The mm-hmm. most people uh, who leave the industry, they, they're fired. They're invited to leave. Okay. And our, Sorry, wait, I'm going to interrupt you just for a second. Is that when WKTI went to country? No, no. no? When KTI went country, I was there. Uh, okay. I was a part of the format flip. That's where part I of the quit, station rollout. <laughs> yeah. That, that's okay. what I would have yeah, let let I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, the, the listenership turned over a little bit. There were a mm-hmm. lot of country listeners to the lake. 
we were mm. uh, like the secondary preference station to almost every station in town. Mm. Uh, and then when we decided to go country, uh, it was a huge shift and we had to take on MIL and that's a whole nother war story. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, we had made KTI country and uh, the stations originally owned by the journal sold to scripts uh, who owned the TV station and the radio stations. They put them up for sale again. Okay. Well, you know, I wasn't a spring chicken. I was doing a job that could probably be done by someone making a lot less than half my age. So the writing was on the wall for me. Either I was going to leave and do something else or I was going to have to choose to be just a radio guy, like just an on-air guy, or go be a general manager or a business manager in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to choose. My wife runs a photography studio in Brookfield, and uh, we didn't want to move away. So I thought, well, the world needs marketing guys. So the worst thing that could happen is I got to get a job someplace. So I decided to go out on my own under the um, pretense, and maybe this will make sense to you too, um, I'll regret it if I don't. So I decided to roll the dice and, and go out on my own. And I did it all the wrong way, right? Mm-hmm. If you were going to leave your job, Jim, and I was going to say, hey, go start your own business. I would tell you to save up like six months of expenses. I would tell you start networking six months before you need to leave. I would tell you to go find like 30 or 40% of your overall client load before you decide to quit. I did none of those things. Mm-hmm. I did it all the wrong way. But uh, four years later, I'm still standing. So I'll take that as a win. That's great. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm going back a little bit to radio here. We'll probably go back and forth. Is there a place for local radio? Is it going to survive? I think there's a place for local radio based on talk products, uh, news and information. Uh, I think there's still uh, an opportunity for some play-by-play and sports coverage as well. uh, Because I think the great sports talk happens with people that are true fans of those teams. So I think that real-time spoken word stuff has a chance to be competitive. And there is always a place until there's not for, you know, get in the car and turn on and listen to some music. That's great. I mean, we've done it forever. Um, But I think the opportunity is spoken word uh, for local radio to have a chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... uh that's interesting about the the sports stuff because when I think, you know, so I cut the cord with cable a few years ago and the sports is the one thing that where you feel like maybe I should get back in there. Yeah. NFL football is the one thing that holds the country together. <laughs> right. Right. It's right. the most watched TV. It's yep. the fewest DVR percentage of any other uh, program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the biggest thing that we have. And it's something that everybody can agree on. And yep. it's one of the few things. Is, right. is sports right you know, how about uh you talked about switch over to the country uh, station i remember in my office we play different uh radio stations over the years actually i'm i've been playing 88 9 over the last five six years and i love it i really i really <laughs> like it i tried i think uh the country version that you talked uh of kti mm-hmm. just to do something different i tried it for a while but the thing that drove me nuts and i'm sure people always say this about radio stations they play the same songs there was about eight songs that were just in constant rotation. I'm sure the marketing, I'm sure the numbers show that this is the way it should be done. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. But is it? Yeah. If you want to win, uh, there are differing models of building a radio station. 88.9 is a terrific radio station because they program for their listeners to enjoy it, not to win the Nielsen ratings battle. 
right? They're a community mm-hmm. radio station that's going to sure. play everything they're interested in. They're going to be uh, interesting on purpose and God bless them. That's great. If you want to win Nielsen, you have to teach to the test. So the first thing is uh, you got to understand how people win the Nielsen ratings game and the way you win Nielsen ratings. And it's such a scam. I shouldn't say scam. I think it can be a scam, but the way they do it is really antiquated. Uh, they send out diaries to about a thousand people in this entire city. So a thousand people write down what they say they listen to, and then they um, proportionally inflate those numbers and say, that's what everybody's listening to. So they try and get a representative sample of about a thousand people. And then they go out and say, well, that's what the market's doing. Is it the same thousand every week, every month? <laughs> no. Just curious. No, but they'll let <laughs> okay. people stay on the panel for a couple of months. So okay. some people will stay on the panel for months and months and months. Anyway, so first of all, people are getting something in the mail and writing it down. That's cutting edge. And then the second thing is, if you want to win the ratings battle, you want people to have your station be their favorite. Because when you're their favorite station, they'll write down how long they listen. And 75%, I forget the number exactly, like 75% of your total ratings comes from 36% of the total listeners. Mm. So the people that, like, you don't win Nielsen by everyone thinking you're okay. You win Nielsen by mm. having a, a few raving freak fans. So you find, what does this station exist for? How are we different than everybody else? And we run for office on it. Just like we were talking the last episode, yep. it's the same principle of positioning that I do with my clients now. I was just going to so say Chris, that. Yep. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. exactly, that's where mm-hmm. I learned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Chris, when you flipped on KTI, you heard eight or 10 songs. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of reasons why we played the same eight or 10 songs over and over. One, they can, tested well. Can I guess one of them? Sure. One of them is we're not catering to some chiropractor who's got this on all day. We're catering to people who are in their car for 10 or 15 minutes right. and they want to hear those songs. But okay. that's Yeah, that's exactly right. It's exactly right. Specifically chiropractors. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the they're, they're, they're the loudest. They're the, they're the squeakiest wheels. No. Yeah. Screw those guys, really. We don't want any of them listening to our station. Um, anyway, so we played those same songs over and over because they tested well. So people will actually be put into a survey, which songs do you like best? They actually rate them. And then we play the ones that people test the highest on. And then the other reason why we played the songs over and over again is we had to come in the air and say, you know what? WMIL, the other country station that's been around since gravity was invented. <laughs> we're younger we're hipper, we're cooler, we play the better songs more often, we're the hit country station. So KTI and MIL got into a battle on that positioning. So Mm -hmm. that's the other reason why we played stuff an obnoxious amount is because we were trying to win who plays the hit country the most. So that's probably more than you asked for, but that's that's why. (laughs) That's that's a great answer, though. So you went started your marketing company, right? And that was a couple of years. And then uh, the pandemic hit, right? Did that because, and I'm making a little bit of a presumption here that um, the the current idea coach is not exactly the same format as your marketing company when you started it. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe, but I got the impression that uh, the pandemic kind of shifted you into a different direction. Absolutely did. Mm-hmm. I was idea coaching for clients one-on-one. The pandemic hit. So to me, the starting gun for the pandemic, as we look back on it, it's for everyone. But the day I remember was the day that the NBA canceled their season and Tom Hanks got COVID on the same day. Right. Every dude and every woman in America knew we were in for it when those two things happened on the mm-hmm. same day. Yeah. 
The next day I went on Zoom and said to all of my network, join me on the Zoom call. Uh, I'm going to start a show. I went back to my roots and I hosted a talk show, one hour talk show every day for like 90 days. And the premise of the talk show was, we don't know what's going on, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to get together, share what we're hearing. We're going to be positive. We're going to think abundantly and we're going to make it because people were freaked. Uh, every networking thing shut down. Yep. All I mean, offices were closing. Cats and dogs were living together. Like it was awful. Mass hysteria. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Grab your ankles time. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I started that show and then that started to build the community that I ended up launching on June 1st of 2020. Cool. Yeah. No, I, I mentioned that uh, we got your name through Michelle Tonkovitz. What has been your association with her? Yeah, uh, great person, American Marketing Association. We've done some cross-promotion. They do a bunch of in-person events for marketing people. I do a bunch of events for small businesses. It's a natural for those two groups to cross-pollinate. So uh, I invite their members to come to my stuff sometimes, and my members go to their stuff sometimes. Um, So it's been a really good partnership. So we're kind of just helping to promote one another to help our organizations get ahead. Cool. So um, how many, uh, approximately, how many people are in your, your group? Yeah. The Idea Collective is what the name of the group is. Mm-hmm. And uh, we call it a small business incubator because there aren't small business incubators uh, anywhere. Uh, there are tech incubators, but no small business incubators. Where can you go and get better and not get charged an arm and a leg? So we start the journey in the Facebook group. The Facebook group has about 1,100 people in it. And then the uh, premium community is about 125, something like that. Nice. Uh, it depends on the day. Uh, but that's okay. the one they pay for. So the free group, anyone can join the free group. And that's where they can get to know how we're different, what we do, all the programming we do, um, and start their journey with us. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Do you have any employees or is it just you just taking care of it yourself? Uh, virtual assistants. And oh, okay. they are... Mm-hmm. Uh, angels. (laughs) I love them. I'm right on that cusp between, do I need to hire somebody or is it better to have a slew of contractors that all have little pieces of the pie? Right now that's working for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, employees are probably coming if we continue to grow. Sure. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Are you now coming out of the pandemic here? Hopefully are you starting or have you already started to have group meetings? The Idea Collective on Purpose is Zoom-based because we have members all around the country and we have members in six different countries, which blows me away, but it's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But what we did do is we started getting back together in person for an annual retreat. So we had our first ever in-person retreat. We went to the Grand Geneva Resort in Lake Geneva and we brought in a bunch of keynotes and we spent two and a half days there together and basically... Uh, it was like a family reunion because these folks had been talking with one another on Zoom for 18 months, but we had never done an in-person event. So mm-hmm. we got everyone to de- together for a two and a half day weekend and man, it was great. It was a lot of fun. So to answer the question, we do one uh, in-person event a year. It's a retreat at Grand Geneva. It, cool. is, it is rather ironic that to go forward with your business, you have to retreat. Is that just me? <laughs> I don't it does. Maybe, maybe it's a, you got to work on your wording a little bit on your title. It's just an idea. I, I love I'm that. an idea coach. Maybe I, I love that. Got ideas. I, I think that's great. That's noted. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. We, we, we might have to change your name, right? Bait yeah. and switch collective. Maybe yes. we have to, right. I mean, we're, you know, 
we're an incubator of our own. We don't know you what we'll are. cook up, but you know, it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Pat, this has been great. Uh, we really appreciate you coming coming by and stopping stopping in and chatting with us. We talked about this before, but we definitely will get a hold of each other uh, off the air, and uh, maybe we'll you know maybe we'll have this little, little ongoing saga for for both of our our listeners and and people, our groups of people that they can track. Jim, what's Jim doing? What's how's right. Jim's progress? <laughs> Jim Tracker, right? Right, you're right. Absolutely, two thousand. That's right. Uh, it is really fun to talk to you too. I enjoy the show. Thanks for having me on. And if it's you or somebody else that wants to just get together for a cup of coffee and figure out what's next, uh, it's what I love to do. So thanks again for having me on. Thanks again, Pat. Yeah, hey, it's thanks, my Pat. pleasure. Thanks, Appreciate guys. It. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast for our preview of the upcoming Milwaukee Brewers season with returning friends of the show, Jeff Grayson and Jerry Augustine. made it to the end of yet another bait and switch podcast spread the word